Hello, everyone. Please excuse my choppy voice during this episode. I have COVID, and I'm doing the best that I can. I hope you enjoy this episode. Many years ago, I was a godmother to a cute little boy we will call Michael. Michael was born to a crazy family with a foundation of instability, chaos, alcoholism, and malevolence. Several members of this family partook in the building of that foundation. However, many of them had blindfolds on and didn't know that they were dancing the same dance they thought they unlearned. The mother, who we will call Carrie, fled by her life in an escape from the tangles which kept her bound to patterns and eventually self-adaptation of those patterns. I viewed our friendship as uncomfortable, but I stayed because I was romantically involved with her brother. When Michael was born, she asked me to be a godmother to him. She made it very clear that this would involve responsibilities and I would need to be there to help raise him. This was stated in a demeaning tone to a 19-year-old me, as if co-parenting is my responsibility because she can't handle the load of being a mother. I agreed to be a godmother, not because I had any sort of life experience to help raise a decent human being. Actually, quite the opposite. I didn't even know that these were the early years of my transitioning out of the dark side. But because she needed me, and I felt like being needed was being helpful and therefore doing good. She told me that I would need to take responsibility and be there for her and him when she needed. Carrie called me up one day and asked if I could babysit Michael. I hesitantly agreed because I didn't know how to take care of a baby. I didn't even know how to change a diaper. What do you feed him? How do I burp him? What do all of his sounds mean? I knew one thing. She was unhealthy, and the family she was staying with was unhealthy. So I went to the store and bought a pear and a carrot so I could plan to make some baby food because something that is important to me is feeding people right. Developing babies need good food, not sugar, to function as good human beings. So I wanted to have a plan in case she wanted me to give him Pop-Tarts. I got to the house and she showed me the baby food in the fridge and said what to do and how to take care of him and left. The baby food in the fridge was horrible. It had stuff in it I couldn't pronounce and it wasn't meant for a developing young baby. I cooked the pear and the carrot until they were soft, then put them in the blender until they were mushy. When it was cool, I fed it to him, and he loved it. He ate it all up, and I felt so happy that Michael was getting real food, and he was responding so well. We played, I successfully changed a diaper, and we communicated, but I'm pretty sure he didn't understand any of my words, but instead he related to my energy. When Carrie got home, I told her I fed him the pear and the carrot mush I made him, and that we had a great day together. She was livid. Carrie yelled at me that I went against her wishes and I'm not his parent, and said many other things, which are now blurry because I was so stunned that I didn't retain some of what was happening at that moment. She told me I wasn't allowed to see him again. 
That moment broke my heart because I did what I was supposed to do and lost Michael because of it. This is a very personal thing for me to state, but some of my fear of having children stem from that moment because I could do something good and have my kid taken away from me. Years later, I know that what she did was messed up, and it wasn't right that Michael was taken away from me. Michael now lives with his dad. Carrie went down a deep and dark slope and ended up dying of a drug overdose after losing custody of Michael and her other son. Recently, I heard that Michael was doing good, and I saw a video of him on YouTube, which stirred up a whirlwind of emotions within me. I am tempted to contact him, but he doesn't remember our one day that we had together, and I'm not a part of that life or his life anymore, so instead I'm smiling knowing that he is okay. Why am I telling this story? I think that when something significant like this happens in our lives and we reunite with some of the main characters later, you can realize that everyone evolves in a play and Act 1 ended a long time ago. Sometimes it's good to see a main character resurface, and sometimes we need to let that story lay because it doesn't fit with the current plot. But what I'm taking away from this is that one day doesn't define me as a caretaker or a friend who reached out in times of help or a godmother. I don't think it even defines Carrie or anyone else who was involved with the story because defining is subjective to an audience's interpretations. Maybe the moral of the story is to respect boundaries, or don't take on more than you can handle at a young age, or recognize toxic relationships. Either way, no matter what you took from this story, treat yourself better, and eat more pears and carrots. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please follow me on Twitter, at MindChicken, or leave a review on iTunes, listen to anywhere you listen to podcasts, or visit chickenmindnuggets.com.